Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I'm going to go to my AEW Dynamite review. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match of the night. It is Matt Seidel versus Christian Cage. Starting off the match, pretty much a back-and-forth matchup. This match was it was a decent match. Uh, Christian Cage ends up hitting the finish on Matt Seidel. Pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Christian Cage. After the match, though, Ricky Stark shows up. Team Taz shows up as well. Team Taz ends up attacking Christian Cage and Matt Seidel. Adam Page shows up as well. Page and attacks Team Taz. And then Brian Cage ends up hitting a power bomb on Adam Page. Number one, this was not a bad match. Like I said, it was a decent opening match. Um, obviously, there's a lot of heat going on between Christian Cage and Team Taz. Just stemming from, you know, Taz trying to recruit Christian Cage to Team Taz. Obviously, Christian turned them down. So, obviously, you know, kind of made Taz upset about him not joining uh, Team Taz. Uh, Matt Seidel, again, fantastic wrestler. I mean, I think this was a good showing by Matt Seidel. Um, Christian Cage, you know, I feel like he's starting to get his feet wet a little bit. Um, I definitely don't think he's a main eventer right now, and I'm glad that they're kind of putting him in the beginning of the show to kind of get his feet wet um, and build up some more wins. So maybe hopefully down the line, maybe we'll see him challenge for a TNT championship or the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. But all in all, this was a decent match. Hats off to Christian Cage for getting the finish. Moving on from that, we're going to our next match of the night. It is Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus the Acclaimed. A couple things about this match was Max Caster, man. Um, that line that he dropped on Moxley talking about Renee, man, it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Obviously, you know, the whole, you know, I obviously you get his, you know, his whole gimmick. You know, he's a rapper, stuff like that. Um, him even saying that Eddie Kingston looks like a pack of Newports, absolutely hilarious. Um, after he says that, Kingston and Moxley end up attacking the acclaimed. Max Caster then throws a chain into the ring to Alex. Uh, referee stops him. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley end up hitting the finish. Pin for the three, and your winners of the match are Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Great match, man. I, I, like I told you guys before, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley working together as a tag team, I think is absolutely fantastic. Man, obviously these guys know each other on the independent scene. Good time friends, you know, have been friends for a long time. Um, and I'm all for it, man. Obviously there's still, you know, a whole lot of stuff going on between uh, Eddie Kingston and Moxley with the elite. Uh, and I'm all for it, man. I feel like Moxley and Kingston kind of play off each other very well, where Kingston's cuts a hell of a promo, and Moxley's just in there to, you know, just kick your ass. That's exactly what Moxley's in there for. One of the best wrestlers out there right now, hands down. Um, hats off to Kingston and Moxley for getting the win in this match. Moving on from that, uh, we have an Ethan Page, a Scorpio Sky segment. Sky talks about him being a Sting fan when he was a kid. Ethan Page disses Darby Allen. Obviously, there's a lot of you know, heat between them two, obviously, stemming from the fact that they had great matches, phenomenal matches in Evolve. Um, a couple of things I will take away from this, too, and I, I stated this in the past, man. Scorpio Sky, number one, I think he's a fantastic athlete, fantastic wrestler. But I will say that I feel like his heel, like him being a heel is just, he's overdoing it. I feel like he's trying so hard to be a heel when he's just not a heel. You know, when he came into AEW working with SCU, SCU was, to me, a babyface tag team. They didn't come off as a heel. And I feel like he's trying to do his best to become a heel, and it's just not there. Ethan Page, that's a different story, man. Ethan Page definitely comes off as a heel, um, and it kind of helps him because him, you know, working with Darby Allen and, and all the history they have from, like I said, from Evolve, you know, it kind of it's more, you know, organic with Ethan Page rather than it would be with Scorpio Sky. Uh, after, you know, both Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page call out Darby Allen and Sting, Sting shows up, Allen shows up as well. 
Allen then attacks Ethan Page and Scorpio uh, Sky from behind. All-out fight breaks out. Sting then applies the Scorpion Deathlock on Scorpio Sky in the middle of the ring. Sky, uh, Sky ends up getting out of the hold, leaving the ring. Dark Order end up showing up, and that was pretty much the end of the segment. The only thing, I, the other thing I would take away from that is Dark Order. I don't know how Dark Order fits into the whole uh, beef going on between Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Sting and Darby Allen. I don't know how they fall into play with that. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, but all in all, this was a really good segment between Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Moving on from that, we have a pinnacle segment. Uh, MJF's talking about Jericho, pretty much dissing them just from the match they had at Blood and Guts and all the history they've had since they've been in AEW. Dax Harwood says that they they all want to chase championship gold in AEW, uh, which I will get to that as well. There's a couple things going on in, in Twitter with Dax Harwood. Uh, Spears ends up attacking the waiter, which I thought was absolutely hilarious because he wanted a drink. Um, all in all, it was a great interview, man. It was a great segment. Um, I think Pinnacle is one hell of a stable. I think some people may not agree with that, and that's fine. You guys are entitled to your opinion, but I think Pinnacle is one of those top stables right now, especially in AEW. You know, obviously they give off a stigma of being four horsemen-like, even though they're not called the four horsemen. Um, but you can see how it does resemble, if you will, the four horsemen. Um, and I'm all for it, man. I think these guys working together, you know, FTR is one of the top tag teams in the world. MJF, I mean, the guy's, what, 25 years old, 24 years old, something like that. He's still very young, man. He has so much time to develop his character and and learn more about the business and, and become a great wrestler and probably a multi, multi-champion. You know, the guy's fantastic, man. I mean, his, his mic skills are awesome. His in-ring ability is great. Um, sky's the limit for uh, MJF, hands down. Uh, Sean Spears, hopefully, you know, he picks up, you know, a little momentum being with Pinnacle. Um, I think he also has a lot of potential, and I think, you know, the sky's the limit for him as well. I can definitely see him being TAT champion down the line, some, you know, maybe soon. But uh, all in all, this was a great uh, segment with uh, Pinnacle. Absolutely awesome. Moving on from that, we go into our next match on the card as well. It is Sheeta versus Rebel. Uh, pretty much a back-and-forth matchup. Uh, Baker does cause a distraction with the referee. Rebel ends up hitting Sheeta with a crutch. Sheeta then gets up, applies a submission on Rebel. Rebel ends up tapping out, and your winner of the match is Sheeta. After the match, though, Baker ends up attacking Sheeta, just pretty much trying to send her a message leading up to the match that they're going to have with each other at double or nothing. And again, if I had Sheeta winning this match regardless, man. There's no way she was going to lose it. Um, she's been on one hell of a tear since she's become AEW Women's Champion, and... Uh, I'm actually looking forward to the match between her and Britt Baker at Double or Nothing. So hats off to Sheeta for getting the win in this match. Moving on from that, we go into an Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega segment. Uh, Omega and Don Callis try to get Orange Cassidy to get out of the match at Double or Nothing due to the injury that he sustained from the match that he had with Pac. Uh, Orange Cassidy ends up getting the document, tears the paper in front of uh, Omega and Don Callis' face, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, Orange Cassidy, man, that match he had with Pac, man, that was brutal. Absolutely brutal. That power bomb that he landed, uh, Pac landed on Orange Cassidy, man. It knocked Orange Cassidy right the hell out. Um, and a lot of people were speculating on whether he was going to make it to double or nothing. It does look like he's cleared to wrestle for that event, that triple threat match he's going to have with Pac and Omega. And I'm all for it, man. It's going to be one hell of a match. Moving on from that, we go into another segment of the night. It is Inner Circle. And Inner Circle is pretty much trying to give their answer um, of the fight they're going to have at double or nothing. Inner Circle, each member of Inner Circle pretty much said they want to fight Pinnacle um, and that they accept the fight against Pinnacle. Now, if Inner Circle does lose this match, Inner Circle is no more. They would not be a stable in AEW. 
Um, and I think that's going to be one hell of a match, man. That, those stadium stampede matches, man, are just – to me, it's awesome to see. Um, at times, it's hilarious. And some of the stuff they pull off in these stadium stampede matches are just phenomenal, man. So I'm very much looking forward to that match at Double or Nothing. Moving on from that, we go into our next match on the card as well. It is Red Velvet versus Serena Deeb's for, uh, for Deeb's NWA Women's Championship. Um, starting off the match, Deeb attacks Red Velvet. Pretty much, you know, back and forth matchup. It was a really good match between both Deeb and Velvet. Velvet ends up hitting a moonsault on Deeb off the apron to the outside, but Deeb ends up applying a submission on Red Velvet, and your winner of the match by submission is Serena Deeb. She ends up retaining her NWA Women's Championship. This was not a bad match at, uh, at all. Not at all. I mean, this was a really good match between Velvet and Deeb. Obviously, this is a return match for Deeb. She's been out with an injury for quite a while. I think it was her knee or ACL or something like that. Um, and she was kind of off the scene for a while. So this was kind of a return match for her. And it doesn't look like she really lost a step, man. So um, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen next with Deeb, who's going to challenge her for the NWA Women's Championship. And what's next for Red Velvet? I mean, I feel like she's another one like Lee Johnson that she has a very high ceiling. Uh, there's a lot of potential in Red Velvet, just like there is with Lee Johnson. And I think she's starting to pick up more momentum. I think fans are really loving the whole gimmick that she has and, you know, just her wrestling ability that she can do inside the squared circle, man. It's absolutely phenomenal stuff. But hats off to Serena Deeb for getting the win and retaining her NWA Women's Championship. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Austin Gunn versus Anthony Agogo. Now, before I even get started with this match, you guys already know how I feel about Anthony Agogo. Um... And I was definitely looking forward to this match if this man could bring any kind of wrestling ability to this match. Um, but starting with the match, Gunn quickly attacks Agogo. Gunn's pretty much keeping the pace. Agogo then ends up hitting his signature body shot on Austin Gunn. Austin Gunn is pretty much bleeding all over the place. Agogo then lands another devastating punch on Austin Gunn. Referee stops the match. And your winner of the match, pretty much by referee stoppage, was Anthony Agogo. Um... <sighs> I, don't, I really don't want to go on another tangent about Anthony Gogo, but I will say this. Everything I've been telling you guys about this, you know, about Anthony Gogo has been true, man. All they're, do, all they're doing with him is giving him this damn body shot. That's it. And with all due respect to Austin Gunn, Austin Gunn was beating the hell out of uh, Anthony Gogo in the beginning of the match. And you could definitely tell Anthony Gogo is still green in the ring, man. He was all over the place. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. Um, and it's not me dissing the guy. I mean, I'm a big boxing fan, and I told you guys that before, a big boxing fan. But you're you're in professional wrestling, man. It's kind of like lackadaisical, you know, move, if you will, knowing that you're going to get hit somebody with a body shot. You know what I mean? Like, can you give me something else? A clean finish? You know, you like I, I told you guys before, like you have other people from different sports and all that that become professional wrestlers that wrestle their, you know, get, that can wrestle. Uh, Ken Shamrock being one of them. Ken Shamrock was in the UFC, you know, had a great match with Royce Gracie, you know, and then obviously the whole Tito Ortiz thing, and he was getting beat up pretty bad by Tito Ortiz. But he's had decent matches, matches he, you know, fights he had with Dan Severn. Not bad. Don Fry, not bad. You know, he's had good fights. He, he transitioned from MMA to professional wrestling and made, to me, one hell of a career for himself in professional wrestling. Intercontinental champion. You know, phenomenal matches, headline matches. I mean, it was great. Phenomenal stuff. Why can't we get the same thing with Anthony Anthony Agogo? Why? You're going to have to do something better than that damn body shot, man, because that's just lazy. It's just, it's, I mean, you can kind of see it. He's a boxer. Give me a clean finish, man. Give me something else. Show me that you want to be a wrestler, not just some damn boxer. 
And I will get into more of that, too, because obviously he's booked for a double or nothing match against Cody Rhodes, which, I mean, I have my own views on that, which I will get toward, you know, get you know I'll let you guys know that at the end of the podcast. But all in all, I mean, I think Agogo's trash, my honest opinion. He better do a hell of a lot more than what he's doing besides that body shot, man. This guy has a very, very low ceiling, in my honest opinion. But hats off to him for getting the win. Moving on from that, we have a Miro segment. Miro talks about Darby Allen. Pretty much disses Darby Allen. The crowd's pretty much chanting Darby Allen, Darby Allen. And then Miro takes off the belt, holds it up in the air and says, here's Darby Allen, you know, talking about the TNT championship. Lance Archer then shows up. Archer pretty much disses Miro. Miro then disses uh, Jake Roberts, talking about, you know, Jake Roberts doing the uh, DDP yoga, saying it won't save him if he gets in the ring. Um, and that's a match that we're going to have a double or nothing. It's going to be Miro defending his TNT championship against Lance Archer, which I think that match is going to be absolutely awesome, man. Very much looking forward to that. Moving on from that, we go into our main event of the evening. It is the Young Bucks defending their AEW Tag Team Championship against the Varsity Blondes. Starting off the match, Varsity Blondes pretty much keeping the pace of the match. Um, and this was a really good match. Nick ends up spraying mist into Brian Pillman Jr.'s face. Matt then applies a sharpshooter on Pillman Jr. And your winner of the match by submission are the Young Bucks. They end up retaining their AEW Tag Team Championships. After the match, though, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley show up. Kingston and Moxley end up attacking the Young Bucks. And what I thought was hilarious, after they pretty much beat the hell out of the Young Bucks, Eddie Kingston and, and uh, John Moxley end up stealing the shoes or taking the shoes of the Young Bucks, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Man, they even took the socks off the Young Bucks. Man, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, <clears throat> number one, like I do with every single one of these shows, I always give these shows a rating. I'm going to give this one maybe a five and a half, six, man. I don't think it was that great of a show, but it really wasn't the best. Um, obviously, it's just them building up to double or nothing. A couple of things I'll take away. Like I told you guys before, a couple of matches were announced for double or nothing, and I will be doing a preview and predictions for that as well. Um, Sting and Darby Allen will be challenging Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky in a tag match. Now, this will be the first live match that Sting's been in in over six years, so I'm very much looking forward to that. There's going to be no cinematic match. He will be in the ring live wrestling with Darby Allen, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. It does look like the Young Bucks will be going up against Eddie Kingston and John Moxley for the uh, for the title, so I'm also looking forward to that. Uh, the other thing I was mentioning, too, was Dax Harwood. Now, some people are saying it's a joke. I don't know, but the rumor going around is that he put out a, a tweet, if you will, saying that he's done, that he you know he wants to quit AEW because Moxley and Kingston got a title shot before them. I mean, again, take it with a grain of salt. It could be true. It could be not, um, but... That's the match that's being booked, I think, right now for Double or Nothing. I think it's going to be the Young Bucks versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Um, Miro will be uh, defending his belt against uh, Lance Archer at Double or Nothing. There's also going to be another Casino Battle Royale, which, again, usually when that happens, we get another debut or you know something like that. So I also think that Double or Nothing is AEW's biggest pay-per-view they do every year. In their four-pay-per-view you know four pay -per -view span they do a year. I definitely think Double or Nothing is their, you know, top-notch pay-per-view. A um, couple other things about AEW, if you guys haven't known by now, there's big news coming out a couple days ago about uh, Dynamite and what they're going to be doing. Uh, one of the biggest things is that Dynamite will not be exclusively on TNT as next year. Uh, 2022, I think January 2022, they will be exclusively on TBS, but with a catch. You know how Dynamite does their four, you know, big dynamites like uh, beach break, stuff like that. They're going to do the same thing, 
and those shows will be on TNT. Just those shows. Everything, every other usual dynamite will be on TBS starting next year, January 2022. The other big thing that was announced was another show, which is going to be AEW's Rampage. Now, it's a one-hour show on Friday. I believe it's going to be 10 p.m. Eastern every Friday night. I know some people are saying, oh, they're going up against SmackDown. No, that's not the case at all, man. SmackDown comes on from 8 to 10. Dynamite's coming on from 10 to, I think, about 11. I think it's an hour show every Friday. Uh, I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. I think it's going to be something where even the talent that we see possibly on, uh, you know, Elevation, AW Dark, that are really making a big name for themselves, will have an opportunity every Friday night to kind of have a feel like what it would be on Dynamite with a new show. And I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I don't know what that show is going to entail. I believe the first AW Rampage show is going to be August. I want to say August 18th, but don't quote me on that. But I know it's going to happen this year. Uh, and I'm all for it, man. I think AEW expanding is going to be great. You know, and they're making a lot of good strides in pro wrestling. I think the deal that they have now, they're making like $10 million or something like that off this deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I'm all for it. A lot of people are saying that this new AEW Rampage show gives a lot of resemblance to when WCW ended up uh, having WCW Thunder. You know, because Nitro was their main show. And then they ended up, you know, a couple years later down the line, ended up, you know, in... Um, creating uh, WCW Thunder. So a lot of people are saying, well, it kind of resembles what, you know, Nitro did with Thunder. Dynamite's kind of doing the same thing. So, again, man, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, other thing, too, you know, a lot of people are speculating who's going to be in the Casino Battle Royal, who's going to be the surprise debut. A lot of people are saying Daniel Bryant, CM Punk, Andrade. I'm not going to sit here and go out the line and say it's going to be CM Punk or anything like that. If I had to make a prediction on that, I think that one person that it might be could be Daga. Uh, he's been in talks with AEW to join with AEW. He could be the surprise entrant in the Casino Battle Royal. It could also be Andrade. Uh, Andrade's been in contract talks with Tony Khan and AEW for the past couple of weeks, so it could be Andrade. Um, obviously, Andrade has a big match um, in AAA, a Triple Mania, I should say, with Kenny Omega for Omega's uh, championship. So I'm all for it. Um, I think them, you know, Omega obviously and AEW keeping that line open between AAA and AEW. It's just it's fantastic, man. AAA has a lot of great talent, you know, that they can trade back and forth with. You know, like Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix, you know, obviously did a lot of work with AAA. Penta L Zero did a lot of work with AAA. You know, Omega's doing work for them. The Bucks actually went over there and had a couple of matches as well. So I'm all for it, man you know, working with these other promotions and nobody knows what's going to happen with New Japan. What's the next thing for them to do is, you know, who's Moxley going to defend the IWGP United States Championship against, you know, that match he had with Yuji Nagata, man, was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So that's just a couple of little news and rumors that's going on with AEW. And I, again, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, man. I think them, you know, moving over to TBS you know, some people are like, oh, well, what about the TNT championship? I don't think they're going to do anything with that championship, man, in my honest opinion. That championship, I, I, and then I could be wrong on this, but in my honest opinion, man, that TNT championship almost means, if not more, than the All Elite World Heavyweight Championship, man. It's been on TV a lot more. It's been defended a lot more on AEW television. Um, and that belt, that belt is synonymous. You know, obviously, Brody Lee carrying that belt and did a hell of a job having that title, man. Rest in peace to Brody Lee as well. Um, the other thing, too, is uh, New Jack. Obviously, if you guys heard the news, uh, New Jack has passed away. 
Um, it was just sad, man. Uh, and you guys know that you watched my ECW uh, Tuesday Night Extremes, man, how much I praised New Jack. New Jack was every bit of ECW, hands down. You can't have Extreme without New Jack. You know, and the crazy thing is, man, it's like you look back at this man's career and just all the crazy stuff he did in his career in the ECW and, you know, like his entrance music playing while the entire time he's just pretty much beating the hell out of somebody. Um, New Jack would be missed, man. That guy was one crazy dude. And um, he will be missed, man. That guy was absolutely insane. Um, and again, it's, it's like, you know, ECW losing one of their, you know, one of their main guys, you know what I mean? It'd be like if, God forbid, if we lose RVD or something, you know. Um, New Jack will be missed, man. Rest in peace to New Jack. But um, this is my AEW Dynamite review. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember, stay classic. Peace.